Hey, I'm Parker Lennon. And this is Chuck Stack. And you're listening to Fat Fitness. Use fitness as a goal for something we wanted to do, and it allowed us to do things like rock climbing and surfing and, and do it in a fun way. Things you should question yourself about before you compete. Everybody's different. And yeah. so if you think you're going to be just like that study, or you think you're going to fall directly into that category, you're probably wrong. I follow doctors and certain trainers that are PhDs and stuff so that I can get what they're doing their research on. High game is the relentless pursuit of meeting new people. <laughs> this is like killing a million little organisms at a time. I was in a really bad place, but what got me through was fitness, number one, and secondary was meditation and really good friends, of course. Anyways, so we're going to talk about different work intensities. So work, I meant work out. Um, basically, uh, I was like, I, it really made me think about it because... You take a marathon runner and you make them do sprints and it's going to be a, a much different stimulus to their body than what they're kind of used to, uh, just vice versa. So if you take somebody that's always doing sprints and stuff, then um, it basically, they're going to do better from, or it's going to be more of a challenge at least for them to do longer duration stuff. So the, the key of cardio, so to speak, is to get your body to adapt to the cardio. Um, and the thing with different intensities is that different intensities stimulate different parts of your body, different facets of your workouts. So um, what I mean by that is if you go slower and you lift more weight, it's a little more towards like say a strength spectrum. Whereas if you go like lighter, you go multiple exercises back to back, you you know just never stop, you keep your rest intervals short, that's gonna be a little more towards the cardio or endurance. You know, So it's just kind of like you have to think of what your overall goal is. And sometimes, or at least in my beliefs, it, you have to train some of those other variables that you don't train or some of the, the other styles that you don't train. So again, yeah, sometimes it's about working on your weaknesses and actually training things that um, if you're in an endurance athlete we talked about this in the marathon podcast doing some sprint training um and that's something that will benefit you in your faster tempo runs or if you end up you know going out too fast like we talked about but also as a someone who's not an athlete um training those different variables are going to get you into a different energy system which we won't go into too deep because it's a lot of science and that's not stuff that you really need to know but it's training a different uh energy source which you're burning a different energy source which is a good thing and the body is like a, a machine of efficiency right. so it's going to try to get more efficient at whatever you throw at it exactly and if you throw the same stuff at it all the time it's going to get really good at that one thing but it's going to lose strength in other assets or other aspects so it's kind of just you have to keep that that wheel going you know or i like to think of it as that weakest link type of theory you know like you're only as strong as your weakest link so um, and you've talked, you've heard us talk about um, why we don't recommend cardio a lot of times to our beginning clients, and this is why because most people have already uh, overused the cardio uh, facet of training, and I think that it's it's quite an overused type of training. Yeah, and that's a that's a good point because some people train too intense all the time, and yep. others people don't train intense enough. Enough and, of the time. And this is exactly what we'll get into. Um, so how do you know what yeah, you should do? What's the intensity know? levels? Yeah. And like I like to think of it as 
um, there's different intensity levels. There's kind of like a non-exercise physical activity, which we call NEPA. And that's uh, basically where you're kind of like walking the dog or you're, you're parking or walking into the grocery or you're... You know, For us, it's like uh, mountain biking upstairs. and surfing. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's like the, those are off stuff. That's, a, that's the non-physical yeah. uh, <laughs> exercise that we it's get. A- um, but yeah, no, it's it's a, it's more of that stuff that's accumulative. Like through the day, it, you accumulate more and more of that action. So it's parking further away or walking to a classroom or... Taking the stairs. You know, yeah, taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. So it's all of those things that just add up through the day. You know, this is what the Fitbits are all about. You know, like they're trying to capitalize on the fact that you're controlling how much activity you're doing through the day based on what you normally do. So... That's one style of it. Of that's like very low intensity. Yeah. Now, very high intensity would be like high intensity interval training. That's where you're spiking your heart rate up to sometimes even ninety percent of your maximum heart rate. Mm-hmm. Which this to most people is to where they feel ill. They feel like they cannot speak. You know, they feel like they're just pushing everything that they possibly can, even though they have probably another ten percent. You know, so. Um, well, here's a good example. Most people don't know how to tap into a hundred percent. Christina and I were doing that today, and um, it's 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 for me. Um, I've been doing a lot of the CrossFit style training, and so at first I was like, "Oh shit, this is way harder than I've been used to," because I hadn't been hitting that that type of heart rate variable at all. Um, so I'm hitting the upper like ninety percent at least two to three times a week, probably more, um, and. Today we were doing a similar workout, which wasn't too, you know, it was, it was hard. It wasn't too challenging for me, but she hasn't been doing that type of stuff. So it was very challenging for her. And um, at one point she said, you know, like, I might throw up. Um, and, and that's that this is a perceived exertion thing, but also um, conditioning response. And this is actually what we're kind of going for. With a client, we'd get them close to that point if we're doing the high intensity stuff, but we'd also back them back down. Um, and eventually that threshold is going to be at a higher tolerance of whatever type of activity it is. So, you know, you'll be able to do more things um, without the spike in the heart rate. So that's the, that brings up a, a key component of what I do with my new, newer clients. You know, if mm-hmm. somebody hasn't really worked out before in their life, I don't throw them into the gauntlet and make mm-hmm. them work their ass off, you know, because that's the, that's going to give them actually a negative response probably off the beginning, you know, and it might even, it might be good, might. But most often the times their body doesn't respond the way that you would expect, you know, and they're like, oh, man, I haven't really lost any weight. You know, I've I've worked out this intense, but is it worth it? And that's that's a a different approach than what I like to do. I like to teach them the basics and teach them the fundamentals of how to move their body first. And then that helps them once they do get to that higher intensity or they start moving around more, um, they're, I, they're know, not going to feel ill. I think we're the same way. And I, I think, <clears throat> you know, you saw how I was when I first started training coming from triathlons. I used to beat the shit out of people right away. I've said that yeah. before. I don't like how I used to train. Um, and I still train that way myself, but I know my tolerance. Um, when I get a client now, the way that Chuck and I both build um, their foundation is by taking baby steps, figuring out, figuring out the imbalances, and also finding grad- their weakest link, and gradually increasing the activity yeah, level. No, and, and starting with that NEPA, you know. Sure, 
And and that's exactly it. Like I usually start with NEPA. I build up to a, kind of a, a list or a steady state cardio, you mm-hmm. know, low intensity steady state cardio. And then I'll go more to a circuit style training, you know, to where I'm giving them a little more intensity and then backing off mm-hmm. and a little more intensity and backing off. And, you know, just to where you're giving them rest intervals and stuff like that. And then lastly, that's when I start throwing them into like plyos and higher intensity stuff that's really going to spike the heart rate. Um, Mine's in about um, month three. Month three is when I start introducing the high intensity interval training. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have a few clients there now. Um, I and- usually, I actually like to do it at like the month and a half to two month period too. But I do it through like just throwing in one exercise in the whole workout that's yeah, like yeah. really intense. You know, like so where they're like holy cow, this gets my heart rate up. <laughs> or they're like trying to tell me that it gets their heart rate up, but they're they're sucking wind. So Yeah, I'll throw in, here's the things that I'll depends. do. It depends on the person. Yeah, it really like does. Progressing, yeah, yeah. Know, like, there's, so, there's some people that can handle it right out of the gate. And yeah, that, some the people your like, clients definitely will. But a, a good point is, I, we just talked about um, in our Q&A about how the, our area is seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my winter clients, especially when they come down for the winter, I like to focus on whatever they don't focus on the rest of the year, mm-hmm. you know, so especially, especially if they're like, yeah, I have this trainer back in so-and-so, you know, and they, they really push me hard, but this is the type of exercise they do. And this is the style that they do. I love when they give me that feedback because then I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do something completely different than what yeah. you're used to, you know, just because you're probably only going to be here for a few months. So it's going to be my best opportunity to, you know, fix either fix some of the issues or to just teach you something different or get you training a different way than what you're going to be doing when you get back home. And that's exactly what I tell clients. If I take over a client from another trainer and or somebody comes here seasonally, um, I will tell them straight up front, I'm not going to train like your trainer. Guarantee it. Right. Um, the way that I train is completely different than than most. Um, and I don't want to be like anybody else. So um, I tell them that up front. And if they're not they're not down with that, then I'm like, you need to find another trainer. It's just not. I'm not a mold person. I don't like that. Yeah, and that's kind of like what what our style is collectively at this point too. Mm-hmm. Is it's we're like trying to break out of the mold. We're trying not to follow these stereotypical diets or workout plans or even popular stuff. We're trying to show people that you know that a lot of times what people are um, exploiting or like really throwing out there in your face is one technique in a mm-hmm. in a in a plethora of uh, of other techniques. I mean, you can. I literally, you on average, probably show my clients 15 to 20 different techniques, you know, or apply 15 to 20 different techniques into their workouts and everything, whether it be muscle activation technique, whether it be static stretching, whether it be active isolated stretching, whether it be PNF stretching, you know, even stability, you know, there's just so many different ways that people get so gung ho on one mentality. And that's kind of, that's what we're trying to break out of is that common mold. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, it's good. Like, um, I'm in a, a volume phase with one of my clients that's uh, really trying to put on muscle. And so we're to so the hypertrophy kit phase is what I like to call it. Um, and so we're starting to do a lot of different volume variables. Um, like, you know, we talked about occlusion not too long ago. Um, uh, drop sets. Um, some of the 21 sets. And just like different variables that are still volume training. But it's not the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and that's kind of important. And um, those types of intensities, even on the muscles um, themselves, are different too. So if you want to look at it from not just cardio versus uh, 
versus hit, um, like steady state cardio versus hit, you can look at it from micro periodization, like we've talked about in the past too, where your um, intensity on the actual muscles when you're doing like a strength training workout is different as well. Yeah, and I think with us telling this stuff in different techniques, that's kind of our, our thought process in a lot of these too. And with talking about variety and everything like you are right now, mm-hmm. um, I think the biggest mistake that people make in fitness right now is they don't stick with a certain technique for long enough. Yeah. You know? like, and in that micro periodization, there's no pattern. There's no rhythm. You know, there's no repeated workouts. You know, there's no opportunity for your body to say like, oh, okay, that this is what's going on. I need to adapt to that and get better so that I can get ready for the next phase. You know, and that's kind of like the P90X mentality. They kind of gave us that impression that it's like constant change, you know, that we Mm -hmm. need to have. We need to always have variety in our workouts and stuff of that nature. No, like don't be scared to repeat a workout, you know, like from one week to the other. You know, like sit there and be like, man, that workout felt really good last week. I'm going to see if I can add five pounds, you know, to my sets or my working sets, or I can see if I can cut 10 seconds off and still get the same amount of reps and stuff like that. And that's a much more effective way of working out than always changing your routine. Well, here's a great example too. Um, you can always use, here's, here's two examples. Um, you want to be hitting your squats and your deadlifts and your main lifts, like your, your chest press or your, uh, bench press, whatever you want to call it. Um, you need to be hitting those, frequently if you're trying to build a strength base right um so you need to be going up in the weight and you should you know take a good block of time every week to go through those lifts what you know like maybe it's on a certain day or you're you know rotating like i do um but another thing too if you're a runner you want to hit that 5k or hit that you know 10k whatever it is and uh use it as your guide to see that you're dropping in time your pacing is better so those uh repeated workouts are a good way to kind of measure that yeah, that, and that's that's spot on for the most part. I I think that it's giving yourself again the opportunity to to see progress, you know. And that's why a lot of people get so frustrated so quickly is yep. because they don't do enough of the same stuff to see that they've made progress, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're constantly changing it up and and you're constantly adding variety to it, again, your body can't adapt to that. So it's you need to give your body some familiarity that it can say like, Oh yeah, that's, I've done this before. Yeah. I'm going to do way better this time, Chuck, you know, like, so it's just, uh, like for me right now, um, one of the ones I'm working on is snatch, you know, I've, I've talked about it quite a few times. And the reason why is because and that's, that's a highly, that's the thing that a lot of people fail to realize with stuff like snatch, clean yeah. and jerk, hang cleans, power cleans, um, even leg press or, or just a basic squat or deadlift or a bench press or a row, you know, a lot of that stuff is kind of more of a skill. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of what all of this is, whatever you could take it like this. You throw somebody in the gym that goes to the gym all the time. They might have a great workout. They might be a, like, look really strong and they're really focused and everything like that. And you take them out of their element and you, you know, try to tell take them out on a golf course or, you know, something that's a skill that they don't normally do, they're going to be horrible at it. Yeah. You know, so it, again, whatever you do more frequently is what your body's going to adapt to. 
which is what you're going to get better at. Yeah. You know, so it, even, well, the even now, like and a, stuff. a great example, you take a bodybuilder and have them go through CrossFit, they're going to die. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. saying that and, for, and vice versa, part, you know, depending on their, on their training style, but the majority of bodybuilders, yep. yeah, they just train, uh, nothing but weights and everything. And, and their, their range of motion. Is shit. Yeah. And their conditioning is not good. You know, I shouldn't so. say that there's a, there's a couple of great examples of very flexible and good. That's a generalization. I should take that back, <laughs> but you know, for the you most part, back. Uh, if you were to generalize bodybuilders, they're pretty uh, unflexible. Sure, and that's why I use terms like some, you know, some. And, and most, you know, just because it's just that's the same thing, you know. We're all individual case, and you have to see what works best for you. And that's why we started out this podcast by saying, you know, you have to kind of do what you're not most comfortable with yep. you know like like step outside of your box figure out what is difficult for you most often most often it's the things that you don't like to do yep you know like that's that's a good good indicator i did burpees today yeah. I, I actually did burpees today and i was like you know, one of sucks. one of my favorite tank tops to wear is a is a buck furpees shirt <laughs> and, and uh, but i do kind of i do find myself doing conditioning workouts or cardio style workouts or um, you know, metabolic, uh, adaptive workouts with burpees, you know? So yeah. it's just, just because I don't like it, I most often do those exercises. I'm like, what is that exercise? Oh, I do not want to do deadlifts this week, mm. but I'll do deadlifts. You know, like I do not want to do leg press. Okay, fine. I'll do deadlifts, you know, or like leg press. So it's and just tomorrow's my deadlift day because I, I missed it on Friday. I'm kind of disappointed in that. I've been lifting a lot of lumber this weekend so, <laughs> yeah. I, and moving a lot of stuff. So I'm, by I'm lumber, pretty, it actually means real wood. Yeah. No, like uh, hardwood. Yeah. yeah it's hard, a, real hardwood. Hard <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, you been, brought uh, this on yourself, Chuck. I did. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like, and that's the thing. If you're a construction worker and you're used to lifting heavy stuff all the time, you know, like it might be better for you to do more of a cardio style workout mm -hmm. or something, you know, and, and have that be your main focus when you go to the gym or whatever, because those dudes lift heavy weights all day long. You know, like there's no reason really for them to, to lift more heavy weights, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, take a little turn here. What are some good common ways that they could track this? Um, looking at the different intensities, um, a great example, and I know I have a few friends that belong to this organization, Orange Theory. They like to track the heart rate. Well, and so, that, was, that was what I was going to say, the yeah. heart, heart rate variability. You know, like not only seeing, and that's one thing that I don't think, the actual HRV, the heart rate variability, uh -huh. they don't really focus on too much. Yeah. But they do focus on your overall heart rate through yep. the workout, your maximum heart rate, your average heart rate, you know, those factors. And it kind of gives, that's good because it gives you a, tr a more true estimate as to how many calories you burned. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I really love about Orange Theory is that they give you that measure, you know, like, and they give you, they, you wear a strap when you walk in, yep. you know, like, and that's, that's a great, um, objective piece of information to look at and be like, oh, well, last workout, I got my heart rate up to this intensity. And, you know, so this time I'm going to back off or, you know, this time, you know, I did a uh, lower intensity yesterday. So today I'm going to do a really hard intensity workout, you know, and I'm really going to try to spike my heart rate. But. So a lot of people um, are using intuition and subjective or perceived exertion. So right. you're basically saying, I feel as opposed to actually having a tangible measurement that you can see in front of your face, whereas Orange Theory actually gets around that by using the heart rate monitor. But like we talked about, 
um, what you would start to see, because I've used heart rate training, and so has Chuck. Chuck loves heart rate training, actually. That's. Um, I, I actually, in the last couple of years, I got away from that. Yep. But that is still one of my fortes, one of the things I really yep. love to focus on. And I teach my clients based on a similar progression that I learned, because I learned, and especially that's what wearing a heart rate monitor taught me. I was like, well, it oh. helps you with your weight loss, right? Well, yeah, it helped me with my weight loss. I would turn on my, my heart rate measurement all day long you know so it was kind of like looking at it like a workout and Mm -hmm. telling me my average burn through the day so i use it for nutritional purposes as well but um again i use the heart rate variability as well to make sure that when i woke up in the morning that my heart rate wasn't high you know if my heart rate's high i'm gonna have a lower intensity workout that day and if it's low or, or it's like on average i'm gonna have a good workout today you know like and i'm gonna just do what my normal you know, go balls to the wall type of self does. So this is perfect. This is actually exactly what I wanted you to get into. Um, so that's a great example with heart rate varied, variability. You can actually see on the days when you should have a more intense workout and as is, opposed to me, like I'm very intuitive and I go in the gym and I just crash because I, I know that I'm stressed. I know that my heart rate's a little bit more elevated and I go in and I do the wrong workout. Well, and that and that's, that's why I started doing yep. you know, the HRV style monitoring um, is because I started realizing that if I monitored my heart rate first thing in the morning and also after my first set, I could tell and I could gear my workouts based off of those two things entirely. So if I wake up in the morning and my heart rate's not a normal resting heart rate, I need to take it easy that day. Right. You know, and as a type A personality, I like to go hard all the time. You know, like yep. you're not going to tell me to stop. Like people that tell me to stop, I'm like, yeah, you think so? <laughs> I'm going to go like 10 times harder now. You know, like that's, that's this is just, so true because I've worked out with them a bazillion times. Yeah. And that's just kind of like we can not share I, so many stories like that or anything. It's, but it's the same thing. <laughs> like we, and, and we even do that when we injure ourselves yep. or whatever. You know, like it's like that, that little bit of, of like temptation is like, a huge thing for us like it just sends us ape shit and um well here's okay so here's the direction i want to go with this the thing that i want to mention real quick before we kind of change off of this is i'm not changing i'm I'm going straight into it okay go for it okay so with this i went into uh, best buy yesterday and i noticed that they have a whole entire section now that is for um i forget what they call it in there but it's all for the self-quantification. Like fitness trackers. Yes. I think they and, call it fitness trackers. Yeah, something like that. Um, personal fitness or something like right. that. Wearable fitness, I think, is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, wearable fitness wearable devices fitness. or something. Yeah, and so now with this, let's teach people how to use these things. You know, we you talked, go. we had the... Uh, self-quantification Yeah, episode. so we really didn't touch on this. Let's teach them how they could, you know, take the heart rate variability in the morning and, and kind of have less intuition and more data in front of them. Okay. So I'll, I'll kind of start with this one because this is something that I've been using for years, yeah. 10 years at this point. So when polar first started coming out with their good heart rate monitors, that was when I started checking this stuff out. And I read an article in ESPN about Michael Phelps trainer at the time that he was using this technique for Michael Phelps. So what he would do is he would check not only that, but grip strength first thing in the morning. And if Mike had a uh, you know, really weak grip strength, he was going to be like, oh, well, we're not doing any strength or power type workouts. We're going to do yoga or stretching or focus on your corrective exercises, you know, and then, oh, okay, wow, your grip strength's through the roof today. You know, like you feel great, your grip strength's up, your heart rate is down, 
So let's, uh, let's really push it. So what you want to focus on is you measure your heart rate first thing within the first 30 minutes of you getting up and you measure your heart rate monitor or you, you measure with a heart rate monitor. I like to do, you know, just that way it's consistent and you see, um, consistent results because there's a lot of human error, you know, yeah. if, if you're kind of like checking your own heart rate. Um, so wearing a heart rate monitor that has a good battery, um, seeing where, where your kind of heart rate is at currently. So if your heart rate is normally at 32 beats per minute, um, well then it, you should kind of expect it to stay around that on a daily basis. Yep. If you're under a lot of stress, you'll notice that that heart rate is going from 32 to maybe 42, you know, and it doesn't want to come down or it, it won't come down in the middle of your workouts either. And that's why you can't really push forward uh, a hard enough workout is because your body cannot respond to that. You know, it can't, it can't fight being kind of revved up, you know? So, um, so again, check your heart rate first 30 minutes when you wake up and it should be, um, a, an average number, you know, you should be about at your mean heart rate. So what your heart rate would be after about three days, check it, find the average. And that should be about what it is. So, uh, the next thing to do is in your workouts. So when you go into your workout, you do your first set of whether it's a lift or whether it's a sprint, a cardio, you try to get your, you try to basically get your, that's 15. I, I saw, I, I zoned out cause I was thinking about 10 beats more per minute over a day would actually be 15,000, um, more heartbeats per, per day. So that's, so that's that amount of work lot, that yeah, your body has to do work. on top of it. So that's just, that's at a very, very slight increase, you know, not even yeah. a 10% increase of your overall, uh, beats per minute, yeah. you know, that your body can do. So just to take that in account. So it's it, kind of a number for you to think about. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing we focus on this stuff. We, we geek out on exactly that, you know, kind of like the overall volume mm -hmm. and the numbers that your body sees. So, uh, so the other thing that you can really do is you do your first set, you see where your heart rate is, you know, you see if your heart rate is able to come down to a kind of a 55% of your maximum heart rate. So what is your maximum heart rate? The good estimate is to take the number 220 and subtract your age. That's a good round, like ballpark mm -hmm. figure to find your maximum heart rate. From that, you multiply that by whatever percentage. So if you're looking for 80%, you would do 0 0.80. Uh, times by say 190 beats per minute if you're like a 30 year old male, you know, like myself. So um, that that number would break down to roughly like 90 beats per minute, or I guess 80. We're looking at like 180 beats per minute, you know, so or 160 even. Um, but that's going to be an intensity that is going to be hard for me to communicate. Most people actually cannot tell when I'm at that intensity because I'm used to training at that intensity so yeah. much. So. Um, that's the whole premise that we're going off of though. If you're normally used to a training intense, there are days that you have to back off. And this is a good way of, of determining if it's one of those days or not. Um, so to kind of piggyback on that, the things that can cause you to get this way, um, we talked about sleep. Um, actually, I don't know how we mentioned sleep. At yeah, all. we haven't even mentioned yeah, sleep so and sleep how that affects be, it. So. Yeah, sleep will actually be one of the main uh, things to affect this, this number he's talking about. Um, also your recovery in general. So it, sleep is one way of recovering, but I'm, I'm just saying if your body had just done a crazy intense, high intensity workout the day before, you're probably not going to want to do one the next day. And that's just based upon your body trying to reheal. Yeah. And that's when I learned that it, on average, it took my body about 18 hours 
to recover mm-hmm. from the previous workout, uh, no matter how intense it was, you know, like even, um, a hard stability workout, you know, could really get my, my heart rate up and even get me, um, my kind of resting metabolic rate, you know, or my, um, what is that? Your average heart rate for the day. It's kind of like your beats per minute. Your basal um, metabolic rate. That's what I was kind of thinking was the term, but anyways. <laughs> well, anyways, um, it's just you want to see a great example of what not to look like when you're going into an intense workout. Watched uh, "Fittest on Earth," I think is what it's called, the CrossFit 2015 documentary of the games. Oh my God, those people are like literally. I mean, you see their workout and what they've been doing. It's like 12 workouts or something ridiculous, and by the end of it, most of those people can't even they can't even close their hand. Because they're so worn out and they didn't get the right recovery. And so that's a good point. The The whole point of monitoring this stuff is because of your nervous system. So mm-hmm. it's the difference between your your autonomous nervous system and your uh, sympathetic ner- nervous system. So sympathetic nervous system works on bringing your body back down. Mm-hmm. And your, para- your parasympathetic system kind of brings your heart rate up and everything. So I might have those backwards. Don't sit here and argue with me about it. You can look it up and, and find the, the well, facts CJ, yourself. CJ's going to jump in on this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was exactly why I thought that. Uh, um, but I, I may have those flip-flop, but again, we do these at 9 o'clock at night after we've been up for quite a bit of hours doing other work and stuff. So, but yeah, Well, the, a common thing, the, too, the thing is seen as fatigue. Yeah, exactly. And that's why and you're going to have a higher uh, heart rate. Exactly. You yeah. know, like, And if you're not allowing your nervous system enough time to respond, your nervous system is what controls your muscles. So, like, that's what people think. They're like, oh, well, my muscles are recovered. I'm not sore. You know, so, well, yeah, your muscles are recovered. You're not sore. But your nervous system is like, dude, I'm shot. You know, yeah. you, like, kicked my ass, like, eight hours ago. I, I don't really want to work out right now. <laughs> yeah. And your nervous system is going to be like, nope, you're not lifting that that set of eight that you thought you would. You know, you're, nope, you're not going to recover anymore. Typical Man, athlete, you're going to feel ill well, while you're working out and stuff yeah, like the, that. The typical so. athlete thing is, and it, this is this is a problem we both have had, and um, I, I continue to battle this, is uh, CNS fatigue along with adrenal fatigue. And if you're someone who's very, very adamant about hitting certain goals, you ignore your, your body and you train through this. And usually it's at a, a detriment to your health. Um, this type of stress, even though it seems like, oh, I look awesome and I'm looking shredded and I'm, I'm lifting more weight, over time will get you. Um, and it usually ends up being an injury or you just wake up one day and you can't do anything. You know, you're just, you're, your whole entire central nervous system is shot and that's really hard to work through. And it kind of leads to, which I kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, um, I, I'm thinking exactly. Let's go for it. Uh, how do I know if my nervous system is shot or if it's not re- responding properly or it's not recovering properly? What are, what are some signs that you notice? Oh, uh, just absolute um, lethargy throughout the day. The day you mm-hmm. know, you're going to you're going to find yourself tired the whole time. Sure. You know, not feeling well rested after you sleep, mm-hmm. stuff of that nature. Waking um, up tired. Yeah, running which happens of, after every podcast we do on Thursday. Sure, running, yeah, <laughs> running out of you know, getting winded sooner than yep. expected. You know, stuff like that. Um, no, and it goes with that number we we're talking lack about: of, lack of response yep. on stimulants and stuff of that nature. So if you normally feel kind of a buzz or you get like jittery or chatty, you know, when you drink coffee, and you notice after 
you know, five hard days of working double times or, you know, working overtime and or anything like that. And you're drinking three cups of coffee a day. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, man, that, that afternoon coffee is not even doing anything for me. You're, you're probably dealing with a little bit of like CNS fatigue. So, and we, we talked about last podcast, this, it should be right before this one. Um, you know, the holidays coming up, this would actually be a good time for you. If you have been doing too much in the gym to back off for a couple of days and relax with the family and let your uh, CNS recover and your adrenals recover, because, you know, you can actually take some time back, feed yourself, refuel a little bit, and then feel better when you go back into the gym, you know, Saturday or Black Friday, whatever it is for you, yeah, or maybe Monday. That's awesome. I'm glad you said that because we didn't mention that. And uh, a lot of people do get so hung up on the holidays and yeah. they're like, man, they don't, I'm not, I'm going to get this two hour workout in because I'm going to eat bad later. And, you know, you have family in town that you, you never see, you know, or you've seen once in six years, you know, like what is one workout going to like really hurt you in the yeah. long run? You know, like take the time and if you enjoying yourself and having a ball, a blast of a time, you know, monitoring your food a little bit and, and, you know, giving yourself the, the little bit of reward you, because you put in a lot of hard work, but not going overboard. That goes a long way. You feel awesome the next day when yep. you've been like, yeah, man, I, you know, I spent some time with my family. We played games, you know, like that my food was on point. I had, you know, some apple pie, but I it was took a like, nap for the first time one, this year. One apple pie. Yeah. yeah. And then like you go into work on Monday or like you say Friday or whenever. And you're like, yeah, man, what's going on? I feel great. You know, like let's let's get this done. So um, it's, it's it's a healthy balance. Yes, is what we're trying to you say. You have to you again. It's it's balancing that the spectrum. You know, yep. like you can't go to opposite ends and go all out one way and expect the other thing to be in balance. You know, it's it doesn't work that way. You have to you have to choose your battles. You have to um, go into stuff with a little more strategy and well thought but not stressing yourself out, you know, like if something's stressing you out, you need to find a way to find a better balance because, yep. um, and inevitably that's going to infect or, uh, sorry, infect, yeah. <laughs> affect your, uh, your training. So the intensity level is very much dependent upon how you feel. That's what we're trying to get at. So you have to be right in the middle of the spectrum, not too intense all the time. And also you can't, you can't all just baby your way through some, uh, long slow distance on a run all the time and expect you expect your body to get results from that yeah, um mix it and, up yeah and and that's performance based too we're not just talking about aesthetics performance and then also you know the other benefits health benefits that come with it you need to switch it up so your body is adapting and um the health benefits continue yeah Spot okay on. I, I don't i don't think we need to add anything that's like the best i think we've I think, we've done it in a yeah, while. That's, uh, that <laughs> sums everything up on, on the workout intensity. Let's, and let's, uh, let's sum think, it up real quick. Well, we reiterated a few things yep. already, but the you know we talked about HRV, so heart rate variability, you know, and how to monitor you know your heart rate and see if you've been overtraining or anything. Mm -hmm. um, we've we've also talked about uh, low intensity steady state cardio, and which Chuck likes to call NEPA. Well, oh no, it's that's list. Yeah, it's list. Yeah, that's list. So that, yeah. and that's more like endurance or running training or you know the the common you yeah. know endurance athlete. Um, you know, so it's more your your steady state. Um, yeah, steady state long runs. You know, focusing on um, the same intensity through a long distance or a, a LSD. Long, long duration. Once again, yeah, LSD long, is distance. long slow distance. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, 
uh, NEPA is what Parker just mentioned. That's what I like to call walking the dog or walking a little further when you park your car or taking the, taking the stairs. Yeah, doing something that's kind of like really low intensity, but just really joy- joyful. Yeah, golf is walking another great. Holes. I mean, and we're not Crazy. saying that it's not athletic. Like, look at the professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Those dudes are yoked, but those dudes do that, you know, all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. And it, that's their life. So. Um, we talked about NEPA. We've talked about lists, the high intensity interval training. That's, uh, uh, going all out, so to speak for between 10 to 45 seconds and then backing off for anywhere between 30 seconds or even up to two minutes, you know, mm-hmm. if you really want to, um, you know, get used to your body working on bringing the heart rate back down. Um, and that's a, that's a could huge be sprint thing. training too. That's yeah, it could be running, sprint training, you know, but uh, running, swimming, it could be on a row machine, all kinds of different again, things. So one thing we didn't mention with that, what I like to do is I like to start with longer rest intervals than, uh-huh. than sprint intervals for sure. Yep. So if my sprint intervals are 30 seconds, I like to double it, go to a minute, you know, mm-hmm. and then do another 30 second sprint and then another minute rest, you know, and start with that. If you want to increase the intensity, you can do one, you can shorten the rest intervals or for the other you can increase the length of your sprint or you could add active recovery too yeah and another thing we didn't touch based on the high intensity interval training is if you're sprinting for more than say a minute and a half if you're really used to sprinting you're and you can recover you know in that same amount of time or in even faster time than you did the sprint you probably aren't sprinting intense enough yeah <laughs> you know your intensity is probably not high enough and Throw on a heart rate monitor. That's another thing we talked about. You yep. know, like that's a way of of no matter if you feel ill or not. You know, like while you're working out, you will know where your heart rate stands. You know, because again, the there's a lot of factors that go into how you feel on a regular basis. And I would say too, you know, um, we didn't really it, for the quantification of it. Napa, you could use the uh, step counter too. We yeah. didn't talk about that, but that would be a good way. So using your Fitbit to, to track your steps or whatever. I think I did mention that okay. just, a, just a little bit in, in what we're talking about. But that's a, that okay. is exactly it. You know, like track your overall activity. Sometimes we don't realize how active we are, yeah. you know, in, in just an everyday basis. And and that is if you're if you're going off of just your resting metabolic metabolism, your RMR or your basal metabolic rate, mm-hmm. um, you might not you might still be eating not enough calories based off of just your everyday activity levels so and then the last thing to sum up um make sure you're taking your rest days and you're having a healthy balance with everything so um we don't want you to have metabolic damage or you know adrenal fatigue or cns fatigue from doing too much and that's where those things typically stem from yeah you know is is most in in athletic backgrounds and and it can actually happen from people overeating and not being active enough yeah you know so um determine where you're at in life and and again we discussed it earlier but do something that's different you know if you're if you're an endurance athlete do some sprints if you're a sprint athlete do some long endurance stuff you know it's and if you're either one of those do some strength training but there is some trains of thought that they think that doing that you know doing the opposite of whatever you're doing currently or your focus is so as a sprint athlete doing endurance is completely counterintuitive you know and it's working off of those those energy systems so if you but i feel like that only applies to those people that are the professionals you know or are trying to be a professional you know like and that's like 
for it's general, not specific, you know, if you're a for sprinter, general, it's not for general specific health, keep it balanced. Yeah. And, and that's what we're talking about. Again, we're always focused on health. So if you're getting this and you're we, like, yeah, about, performance, this doesn't make sense. We're, we're always focused on the average person in health. And then we bring in some athletic background to that. That's not really, it shouldn't, if you're an athlete, probably listen to your coach, but, um, you know, we can, we can give some advice on that, but this is general for health. Yeah. I mean, again, health and longevity are kind of our biggest uh, concerns. So, all right. I think that wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening. Wraps it up like a Christmas present. Oh, sh- it's coming oh, up. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Up. I'm going to get some nutmeg and walnuts for Christmas. I'm buying you nothing but beer. Nothing but beer. Cheap beer. Ho, ho, ho. Peace. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to FAQ Fitness Podcast. If you liked our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. For more workout programs, video resources, and to ask your fitness questions, check out our website at faqfitnesspodcast.com. 